Um, I think we 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 jinxed that match. It was horrible. Uh, we thought to ourselves, <laughs> "Hey, Paris won't revenge. Sundowns are looking good. We want to taste his finals we've seen in a while." And I mean, yeah, affecting the wind here and there, but just it was not. It was your Sundowns were nowhere in the first half. They became based in the second half, except for those two early chances. They were overrunning midfield. Whereas How disappointing was that match, though? Nah, it was. It was. It was. Like, it was scrappy. It was. It was like guys. Paris had zero shots on target. Sundowns had two. Mm. In 120 minutes, these teams had two. I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up everyone? This is Jay from the Two Upfront podcast where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. Welcome to another episode of Two Upfront. Should I even ask how you're doing this particular recording, Chuck? Oh, sometimes I'm what should you ask. Like, are you in a good place? Are you in a good place? Are you in a good place? Uh, yes. Um, I think, you know, like I said to you, asked me about Africa and the exit. And I said to you, after having exited Africa the way we did, we have to win the MGN8. And yeah, I think somewhat justifies, or rather, um, that the disaster that happened. Yeah, Paris did win the MGN8. We'll get it. We'll get into that. Another another matter that happened over the weekend that made headlines was the Chicago Marathon, where you have Kiptum, the soon-to-be 24-year-old, who ran a world record time of 2 hours and 35 seconds. And it's crazy because we, we did an episode after, after Elliot Kipchoge ran that um, sub-2-hour marathon, although, of course, it's not an official world record because he had pacemakers and it was designed for him to run under 2 hours. Whereas in competition, he was the previous world record holder. And as I'm saying, the world has made a big deal of Elliot Kipchoge and what he's been able to do. And looking to him, will he perhaps be the first human to go sub two hours? And then here comes his fellow countryman who made his debut last last year, December, I believe at the age of 22, before he turned 23, ran the third fastest marathon of all time. And then at in, 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 in London this year, the second fastest marathon of all time. And then now, he's ran three marathons. Where was this in guy all along? You don't just come up so you run the third fastest. And then, what, a year later, you're breaking Kipchoge's record. I mean, but he was, run, he was running half marathons from, from 18. He was, running, he was running immaculate times in half marathons. And then, like, even Chuck, him going to switching to the marathon, that, that first one, I believe he ran the, the fastest closing half marathon to finish off his debut so it seems like this guy was born to run marathons and to 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 break records and 23 years old like Kipchoge is approaching 40 like I don't know if he's got any ideas of maybe going on the track or going cross country but like if he sticks to marathons we are gonna see a sub to our marathon in competition in our lifetime from this kid Oh, he he obliterated it. Kipchoge, I believe, was two hundred one oh nine. So what's that? Thirty four seconds. Okay, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's that, a lot. That's yeah. right. It doesn't sound like a lot, but like it doesn't sound like a lot because it's a marathon. But I mean, to get those times, I mean, over you've seen consistently with the there's a wall where where it's yeah. you can't go past this. So I mean, I've I've seen that progression of that world record come from like two six, two five, two four, and then it it dipped to two two, and then the two ones. I actually cannot believe we are going to see a sub to our marathon. It's, yeah, th- those if, those um, machines that, that, that mimic the pace that these guys are running, when you see like normal people and people who run, uh, not for a living, but who, who run, you know, try keeping up to the pace. Guys are not even lasting like a minute, 30 seconds on the, it's actually crazy, crazy pace that these guys are running at. Yeah, no, that pace, that's, that's a pace that would kill me if I had to do one kilometer. I, I genuinely think, Chuck, like, I genuinely think 
we wouldn't even lost a kilometer. Like, if you could run that pace for 400 meters, mm. you would be panting at the end of the one lap. And then when you, because I believe, I believe that's like, it's close to, if it's not like 20 kilometers an hour mm. for two hours. So they'd, they'd cover, well, but I guess it's marathon pace, but what is the average um, time that they cover a kilometer in, like the elite athletes? It's about it's about three minutes or sub three minutes <laughs> per kilometer. The last time I was in the gym, not at my peak, but last time I was in the gym, I was hitting seven dogs. Yeah. Went, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if you if you did a half marathon, the these guys would finish the marathon before you, like before you complete a half marathon. So you'd be lapped in in the I space need, of forty two kilometers. I need a car to cheat. It's 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 crazy. Wow. Safan Hassan also ran the second fastest uh, women's marathon of all time. And that's super impressive when you consider the fact that she holds, listen to this, she holds every European record because she's now a qualified Dutch citizen. Although Ethiopian born, I should put that out there. This is why she's as talented as she is. Holds every European record from 1,500 meters mm. all the way to the marathon. I've never seen anything like it in my life. You wow. shouldn't. You shouldn't be able to be great. Not not even just like good, great at marathons, and also great and be a former world champion at fifteen hundred meters. There's too much. It makes no sense. Like the contrast is is amazing. Like you don't have people who who run one hundred meters also dominating four. That's that's not. Or the eight. Yeah. Or the yeah. eight. That's a big, big, big contrast in terms of the distance. She's honestly one of the greats. Honestly, one of the greats. That's that was the that was the athletics over the weekend uh, that happened in Chi Town. Uh, we also had the Proteas starting off the the Cricket World Cup in record fashion. Records, uh, I think, aptly put. Records, highest uh, team total in the World Cup, uh, most centuries by a team in the World Cup, which is three centuries, and we've got the fastest uh, ODI century in the World Cup by a batsman, which is Ada Makram. Um, Sri Lanka squeaked into the World Cup. Again, I'm a big door. Um, they're no longer a big force. And we showed it by putting those numbers on the board, 428, which is which is a lot in terms of uh, runs in our opening game. And as a J, maybe, maybe as a, as a funny thing that maybe we weren't reading it correctly because we went into the tournament thinking to ourselves, maybe it's not one of the biggest or the, 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 the hottest team that we've sent out to go to the World Cup. They're not the big favorites. But here we are, when you look at our top six or top five batsmen, actually, you're like, oh, hold on, with, with the summer that they've had and, and, and the campaign that they've had, IPL, um, So MLC, top six, yes, because Miller comes in at six. Oh, yeah. And to, actually, we do have some serious firepower. Um, Jay, what did you make of that? I mean, because obviously it was exciting, um, but also there was bowling as well that we need to speak about. But those records, let's start with the records. So, I mean, I... I saw the last three games against Australia that we played at home and we we were on here talking about the disparity between the games which we lost. We were averaging about 240, 250. And the last three, when we came back to win that series 3-2, we were averaging about 350. We, we did score 400 against Australia and got over the 300 mark two other times. And then we had a conversation uh, with a friend of ours, Ompo, and he brought to light the the record of that top six in, in, in the last World Cup cycle, I believe since the 2019 World Cup, where the Proteas top six batsmen have had the highest average of any top six batsmen in the world. By that measure, over a period of four years, that actually tells you that the top six, because Janssen, though, at number seven, is, mm. is, is a legit all-rounder. And he comes in, and especially if there's runs on the board, he, he puts bat to ball, and he clears the boundary, and he accelerates the scoring and gets us up to those very high totals. So we can include him in that as well. But what it looks like is the Proteas have the most destructive batting lineup up to number six or up to number seven. And that is something that was put on display in that match against Sri Lanka. And that is something, if it had not yet been the case, amongst the teams at the World Cup, which should have put people on notice. Temba didn't even score runs yeah, in yeah. that match. And I, I, I just loved uh, so much about, about those innings. So Temba went, went down early, um, unfortunately. 
And then you had Quinny at, 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 at the crease being joined by Funda Disson, and they both went about their business in, a, in the same way. One, they were rebuilding, got off to a quick start, I think like 27 of the first three, and then Temba loses his wicket, and then, of course, they have to stabilize, right? And by the time that Quinny got to his 50, he was, he was, he was on a half a century of 61 balls, but then by the time he got to his 100, he took, I believe, another... 20 20 something balls to 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 like 32 balls yes i think 32 balls or something like that to get to his next 50 and i'm not mad at that chuck Mm. i am not mad at quinn de kock um and and rasu spoken he plays like this as well getting getting off to a start whereby they are they are they're establishing themselves at the crease with the idea that we're going to catch up to Mm. the to the scoring rate later and the other blueprint that the the protests have is first 30 overs if they can lose only two wickets in that particular match, you only lost the one wicket. Um, yeah. By the time we got to the 30th over, I believe we were 206 for one, which after 30 overs, you can double the score. And with the kind of batting that was to come, I mean, when we lost Quinny and Markram comes to the crease, he's in good form. Mm. Thought, okay, he's got to continue, but I didn't quite expect what he put on display because that was majestic. His batting was on another when level. When he comes on and he drives like shots through the covers down the ground, you're like, okay, at some point you're going to slow down because... He's chipping balls over the infield. He was having fun. He got he went in there and he, and he had fun. You know, when you talk about the blueprint, I think the other blueprint is that I think as much as we do say to Queenie plays with a lot of freedom and doesn't really protect or care much about his wicket, yeah, Puma, whatever. Tempo was the aggressor early on and on Puma early, we saw that with, with eight runs and I thought it was a bit unlucky. When, in, in live viewing, I thought that pitched outside leg, but obviously TV um, officials sh- uh, said otherwise. I thought Tempo was the aggressor. Quinny was building his innings. Um, and then you've got to find out just another builder. Markram spe- uh, would speed things up again. Clarsen, no, he's, in, he's in good touch, so he'd probably be similar to Markram. And then you've got Miller who can tee off, um, but I think he also prefers to build an innings if he can. Um, if he has to, then he just tees off from the beginning. So I think in terms of batting styles, I think they line up quite well because mm-hmm. if someone falls, like if a Quinny falls, you can build no, no Tamba and still get put, put run on the board. No, later on, you can you can uh, speed it up. If Quinny falls, then you've got Tamba and Fernandesson and either way. So so we, we're never in a, pl- in a place where we, we lose too many wickets and we're in trouble and we have to have like a deck, five overs where we're blocking things out, seeing the ball and uh, customizing to the, to, to the conditions we can get going as quickly as, as 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 we want to. So I think that's another thing that we've overlooked in terms of a tactic. I think that that, that lineup is, is spread out quite well. The lineup was solid, uh, because as as you mentioned, um you mentioned Temba. Temba has been our best one day international batsman for the last couple of years. And when you have a situation where you lose him that early, but instead of going into panic mode, hmm. you've still got this. That that's a position of advantage to be in because, Chuck, it does not matter. It seems it does not matter. Of course, unless we we collapse and everyone goes out. But if you have two of the top six or three of the top six not have a particularly good day, mm. the other three are good enough where they can come in and give you a total. So it's not a matter of, oh man, if, say for example, Quinny Quinny Temba and and Fandetisen we lose them early. You are not sat there thinking our best bat- our best batsmen are already out and mm. we are hoping and praying and crossing fingers that what's to come can actually do something for us and to put a total on the board. You are still very confident if got if you if you got Markram out in the crease, if he's joined by Klassen, if one of them falls, if they're 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 joined um by Miller because with Klassen, like, and this is what I've kept on hearing. I haven't watched him much in the IPL, but he's he had an, a particularly great IPL, and he's been good all around the world playing the sh- the shortest format. But his strike rate against spin bowling, he's one of not just in the in the protest team. He's one of the better batsmen against spin bowling in the world. And I saw I saw the performance of India against um against Australia, and their three spinners just bamboozled the Australians, dismissing them for around two hundred. And on those pitches, I don't, I don't think the other countries quite have that, that, that in their arsenal that like India have. But I mean, Bangladesh do have a Shakib um, Al Hassan. So when you come up against these players, you have probably the best batsman in the world against the kind, the, that kind of bowling. And you think about Klassen again, where in the game where we did get like four hundred and sixteen against Australia, it was him and Miller getting a partnership of two hundred of eighty eight balls. Mm. So. 
that that sense of no, we are still in a, a a good position, even if you lose three wickets, even if you lose like four wickets, as you say, like Miller does prefer uh, to not just tee off from from ball one. If you are in trouble within the first twenty overs, as as I'm saying, you're down four, and it's Miller and Malcolm or Miller and Clausen or whoever else. Then Miller gets an opportunity to bat through like overs twenty and thirty, and to set himself up, and still maybe up to over number thirty five. Mm. And then if he stays in, like he's he's getting a score of one hundred and fifty plus. Easy because I mean Umela, you know what? He, yeah, I was watching my fault, but he deals in sixes, and yes. if he's in and he can see the ball as big as a melon, then he sets and oh, it's going to be fireworks. I'm thinking to myself now in terms of like our chances because all, all every time we've gone into a World Cup, I've, I've always thought about the protest in terms of like a balanced side, looking at the batsmen and the bowlers. But I think, and then you might you you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Largely, though, the team that does win the World Cup is because they've got firepower up top. Mm-hmm. Um, the, bo- the, ba- the bowlers do have a good day from time to time, but largely because they can put up a score. And when we talk about the balance of the approaches, look at the Sri Lanka. Kusam Mendes came and he had us for lunch. Like, he was smashing everyone. But when, he, when his wicket fell, there was not much around him. And then Wafia U, Sanaka, who also put up a score. But it was here and there. It was not something you could look at in terms of like a top five, a top six, and say, okay, one guy has gone down. Does the run rate stay the same? Or can they keep us under pressure? But they haven't been able to do that. So I'm starting to have a, a big, big change of heart in terms of what this poacher's side can do. And I'm happy to say that. I'm happy to be wrong in this regard because as how, how my finger hasn't been on the pulse like, like that, like that. Because before the, the, the Australia series, I would not say to you, could die in Donna. We're on it. And obviously, yeah, there's COVID and, and whatnot. Also, based on the fact that they whitewashed us in the, in the T20s and then the first two games. Yes, yes. So we were on a losing streak mm. before winning those those last three games in that series. So for them to put up the numbers now and go into the World Cup, show almost no nerves and play very well, I think that's amazing. Um, do you just look at the bowlers? Um, where I had my concerns, and yeah, we leaked 300 runs and whatnot. So the concerns are real. Lungingiti, um, Who's the Kutia, Rabada, Ma- Maharaj, Janssen? Do you think that's enough to topple sides over? <laughs> I, no, I don't. Um, say, say, for instance, because we've, we've established somewhat of a blueprint, like you said. Score 350, you're most likely to win. If you're in the 250s and less than 300, you're in trouble. Is there, do you think there will be a performance from these guys when we really, really need it, that they'll get the wickets for us? I don't. I don't have the con- all the confidence in the world that there will be because I have yet to see it. Even even in those matches. Uh, so what has happened? The the things that mirror each other um, in, in the matches that we've won is the fact that we've gotten scores over 300 and we've been batting first and then the other team has been chasing, obviously, and we've bowled those teams out. I think the reason we've bowled those teams out is not particularly down to the ability of our our bowlers, but the fact that those teams have to go after the ball. They have to be aggressive. And of course, the more aggressive you are, the more vulnerable your wicket is. So it's largely dependent on the batsmen giving giving a platform whereby those bowlers can go out there and not be at, 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 at their best or as, as good as we've seen them in the past and still be able to get a team out. I mean, Sri Lanka scored almost 330. Mm. You know, in the context of you've put 430 on the board yourselves, it's not that big of a deal. But you take away that, nine, nine out of 10 times, if a team is going to be scoring about 330, you're going to lose that match. Yep. And this this... To begin with, that pitch was was there for runs. Mm. Clearly, when you've got like seven hundred fifty runs put um, on on the board between the two teams, it's a batting pitch. So, to be fair on the Proteus bowling lineup, uh, we'll see on a maybe more bowler friendly pitch what they look like. But based on what I've seen recently, I don't think we can hang our hats on them to go win us matches. I hope there is a performance because. Mm. Yeah, Chuck, like the last four innings, the batsmen have averaged 374. I, I, I don't know if the protest, as good as we just spoke about how good they are, mm. I don't know if you can depend on winning games by having to put 350, 370, 400 mm. on the board each time. If they can do that, kudos. That's the greatest batting lineup in history in one day internationals, you know? Yeah. But I, I, I can't I can't fully depend on the fact that 
that's what needs to happen for us to win. That doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. That doesn't yeah. fill me with a lot of confidence. Maybe they pull themselves into form uh, because the tournament is a long tournament and they're going to be playing regularly. As was noted, when they were playing as Australia, it's the first time they'd been playing together for, for five months. So maybe having a run of games under their belt, they, we know bowlers, like you build up your rhythm and if you're in rhythm, you bowl better. You know, So maybe that's something that we get to see. But at this point... Um, Timberlet clearly amongst the batsmen. I mean, when you look at that game that you spoke about with uh, Australia and India, Australia had a subpar um, batting display. But then when you look at what India did, they didn't have any troubles in terms of mm. chasing that score. So maybe still, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough task or a hard ask for the bowlers to get uh, wickets under these circumstances because the pitches are just laid for runs to be to be made. Um, I, I share I share your worry um, as well because I looked at Ngiti. I mean, for for a long time now, I think this guy is not really a premier strike bowler. He's good to 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 keep tidy at the other end. I, I, that's what I honestly think. We we had our best attack with Urabata Ur- Ur- along with Nokia Nokia Gaseko. Kutia still still new to raw. the party. Yeah, still raw, undercooked, and he'll he'll get good given the time. But he got wickets. Yeah, um, that's because he's attacking, but. He's in, he's not quite Nokia, which is the man he's replaced um, mm. in in that bowling lineup. I'm just interested to see which will 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 Lizard Williams ever play ahead of Kutia. I think that's a gamble you might try without set upsetting things too much, and let's see if that yields re- results. But the idea of Umaharaj ahead of Shamsi, I'm happy about that, because um, Shamsi Shamsi is someone who's, who who bowls well in spells or in patches. Um, this game, that game here, but he's not necessarily always consistent. And in a batting-friendly pitch, and with his action and the way he delivers his ball, I don't know if he's just going to be there for the taking every day, all day, by all teams. But it's a bond. Um, so far, so good. Um, no concerns think, about I think, them. I think the only way Shamsi comes into the team is if you've got a, a bowler. Um, and I'd exclude Janssen from this because he also gives you the batting. Okay. Rabada, regardless of how he bowls, I feel like we're always going to play him because... He's the great Gahiso Rabada, you sure. know. Then between Ungiti and Ukutia, I think if one of them is like pasted mm. for the next two, three games, then there's going to be a consideration. We are in India. Maybe let's look at bringing in mm. another spinner in Shams. Because as I said, the way the way those Indian bowled, like yeah, spinners bowled in tandem was something to behold. Mm. Now Shams is not is not Ashwin, you know, but. He's been ranked the number one bowler in T20s before and also has done quite well in, in one-day internationals. But he hasn't been in the greatest of form in recent times. But I think if one of our bowlers truly struggles, I think we might we might turn to Shamsi. Do you think, um, or rather, do the laws allow us to do a Proteus if, say, one of our bowlers goes down? Or, oh, Nokia is suddenly fit. Can we can we get a can Yeah, can play? you can have an, an injury replacement, yes. Or will, will Nokia ever be... Really. I don't it's think it's long term. Yeah, so. okay, yeah, it'll so be so a risk. Also, like yeah, bringing him in without any 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 warm up uh, yeah, matches. Going again, yeah, yeah. Unless you see him bowling a, a a full spell, like ten overs in some other game, but there are no matches being played at the moment because everyone is at the World Cup. So this is the team that we have. I I, I believe this is the team that we have. Sander Makala. <laughs> He's injured. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. We uh, what we know, coming out of the Proteus uh, squad, coming out of the Proteus setup, is that Sisanda is is injured. So this 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 team can take us all the way. Like they can. And uh, Chuck, if we if we score four hundred and twenty nine every single match, we're going to win the World Cup. We're not going to score four hundred twenty nine every match. But if 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 this top six can maximize their ability, um, given the circumstances of the pitch on the day. On the bowling lineup that we are going against, I think we can we we can do well. I don't know if we can win the whole thing, but I I believe we can do well. We've got Australia coming up next, and that will determine much in terms of uh, what happens. Because ha- having lost against India, if we beat them, then already we are ahead of mm. them in the race for those uh, semi-final spots, and it would be looking good for the Proteus. Uh, and having beaten them recently, I I, I hope. We can't beat them for a fourth time in a row. Because as much as they've had a much changed side, the guys who've come into the team haven't actually performed particularly well. So it's not the greatest Australian side of all time. Yeah, I mean that's what we felt about the Proteus team. Maybe they can turn it up, but we'll see. 
Um, the other thing, though, now that I'm losing my, my, my train of thought, ah, we spoke to Mpompo, said to us that we can afford to lose maybe at, against India, we can afford to lose maybe against England. I'm thinking to myself, right, and I know we played Sri Lanka. I felt that we put up 430 or 428, but I somewhat feel we had more in the tank. Uh, if you look at when those guys were greedy, centuries, eh? You're just being greedy. Hey, but I think about it. The guys who went out at 100, they, they went on, on their uh, having scored their centuries. They went out playing loose shots because they, they'd made it to the century mark. If you give um, o -O 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 de Kock just 20 more balls or three more overs, uh, uh, Markram, three more overs, Fanadison, three more overs, that score goes up by 50 e easy, you know? So I'm just saying, even on bad days, I can expect a 350. <laughs> See, I thought that as well, right? Um, yeah. And when you, when you consider the fact that, especially Quinton de Kock, like got to 100 and quote and quote three is wicked away. Mm -hmm. If he Next if quarter. he's there for another five and the reason the way that in, in in which he went out tells you his mindset when he got to a hundred. If he does manage to face another twenty balls, he probably puts fifty on the board, you know. Mm. But how many times is he gonna get to a hundred? That's so that's sets. that's the question. Because I was comparing to the Sri Lankan lineup so you had Mendes score 76, you had Asalanka score 79, and then you had Shanaka score 68, mm. which got them to a, a, a very good total of 326. Yeah. With and, no one else really And that's more likely what you're going to see in one day, is, which is why it's a record to have like three guys get to a century. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. The rest, it's never happened in history. And it's likely not going to happen then well, okay. the rest of, of the World Cup. And it, that was the big difference between the Proteas and the Sri Lankans, that we had three guys have good innings. They had three guys have good innings. And their good innings is good, even by, by the standard of one-day internationals, you know, getting up above 60 and crossing into the 70 mark. Whereas three of our guys, they got there and they pushed on towards mm. like centuries, which translates to 400 versus... 300 and something especially when one comes off 49 balls or something so yeah so getting to 100 was 25 30 runs more than what you can truly expect but i, I i'm with you because that looked tasty like and there was an opportunity for quentin de Kock. i felt like he easily had 150 in him if he just stays in but didn't happen. Maybe he gives us 150 later on in 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 the World Cup, but we'll see. I'm waiting for a century from Tamba. Uh, he has to give us a century. I think that would be very sweet. That would be very sweet. Mm. Uh, hopefully, he can do it in the final. All right, Chuck. Uh, speaking of finals, we had Orlando Pirates win and defend their MTN8 title against Mamalodi Sundowns. And I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna ask you about that from the basis of a quote by. One Rolando Mukwen. He says we should have won it. So many chances and zero chances for Orlando Pirates over a hundred and twenty minutes. Do you agree with the Sundowns coach uh, that Sundowns should have won that match? Um, just when you look at the two clear chances that Sundowns um had with Peter Sharulile and with Chambazwane, they should have had that game in the back because, as he points out, Pirates are not creating chances. Yeah. And so if you score one or even two. And it's curtain. It's game over. Um, I think we 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 jinxed that match. It was horrible. Uh, we thought to <laughs> ourselves, "Hey, Paris want revenge. Sundowns are looking good. We want to taste this finals we've seen in a while." And I mean, yeah, affecting the wind here and there, but just it was not. It was you know, Sundowns were nowhere in the first half. They became base in the second half, except for those two early chances. They were overrunning midfield. Whereas How I'm disappointing was that match, though? Nah, it was it was it was like, it was scrappy. It was it was like guys. Paris had zero shots on target. Sundowns had two. Mm. In a hundred and twenty minutes, these teams had two shots on target. And it's it's not even that, mm. you know, because sometimes sometimes you have like a really competitive match in, in, in terms of like the gameplay and for whatever reason you never get to that final stage. But that was hard to watch. When we got to when we got to mm. the, the the extra time, Chuck, I was thinking to myself I don't know if I have 30 minutes more of myself in this, man. Die. I've had as much as I can take at this final. Because, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a hard watch, unfortunately, from teams who are supposed to be the two biggest, two best sides right now. And, yeah, that display wasn't very, very good. I mean, Ewanafuti, when you look at the personnel, do you think Zoom was ready for that final? 
he somewhat disappeared. I mean, me. I don't know, Chuck. On the on on like based on the fact that no one really was good. So true, I can't true. be like, ah, man, like Sanans had this momentum and the midfield was 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 purring, and then Zungu comes in and he messes it up because I'd say Alende is the only one who looked anywhere close to being comfortable in dealing with the Orlando Pirates press. Mm. Nobody else was. The two standard players for for Sundowns for me were Alende, yes, as well as Umdao. Uh, everybody else, yes, I agree. Everyone else, nah, nah. Nabomdiba went there. No, Miami here and there didn't really see him. Timbers only missed that early chance, and then wasn't really a threat mm. the entire game. Potentially had a major gaffe in the six-yard box. And then that, Peter was injured. Uh, another Sundowns fan I was speaking to yesterday. You also mentioned. I'm like, man. <laughs> When the ball is at his head and the goal is there with no one there, like what is the injury? How does the injury hamper him in that moment? Yeah, that that was that was extraordinary technique, heading it into the ground and then it goes over the bar at that uh, distance. But I mean, as much as so Kalanga Peter Mister and Abu Mshishu, which we should, Paris didn't create much or nothing actually. Stats they created nothing, which which is also alarming. Like I said to you, I. I said to you when you asked me last time, I'm, I'm saying this with my heart because I score, you know, Mangit is a winning team, it's a defense. I score. Um, and we went all the way down to the penalties. Uh, yes, there were, there were refereeing controversies. Do you think they, those speak louder than the chances that were missed nah, by Chuck. Mshishino? You, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be in a position for it to come down to that. And you know what? I... While watching that and considering that I'm a Sundowns fan and we haven't scored those chances and struggling to also create clear goal-scoring opportunities, I would have been grateful for a penalty. But that's a 50-50 for me, you know, because yeah. it's not like his arm was all the way out there. I feel it's one of those, and maybe it's a cop-out to say this, one of those, if it's given, okay, I can see why. If it's not, I can also see why. It's not as blatant as the penalty shouts Kaiser Chiefs had against Sundowns in the semifinals, which were not given, mm -hmm. which was very clear. There's no mitigating circumstance here. Or there's no... But I, I can see it from... He chopped him, you know, yeah. in the box. So because of the fact that it's not clear-cut and also because of the fact that literally between Umshishi or Ushalulili, not even both of them, just mm -hmm. one of them, on the basis that... Pirates did not get any shots saved by like Williams the entirety of 120 minutes. Uh, is that not the first half stat? I'm thinking there must have been a shot. There's zero, zero, unless 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 the stats oh, I saw are not correct. Williams is uh, mistake in the box. Uh, what else, man? According to besides his mistake, that so that there's there's there's, there's um, Saleng right in uh -huh. the in the closing the dying minutes of like the 90. In stoppage time, but he didn't. That was not on target because he missed. He he hit it into the side netting. Oh, ah, yes. And he had he gotten that one, of course, that match was over as well. But my Nelson was so on his favorite left foot, and he hits Vele in that tight. The 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 first touch was not the best, but still was in a position for him to convert and and score a goal, and to not even make the keeper save that was. It was indicative of the performance he had, as yeah. well as the whole team had, because this is not the selling of last season's MTN eight, and he he was nowhere. I mean, on the pirate side, again, again, I keep I keep qualifying my statements by saying this, and I'm gonna do it as well because I don't want to come across as someone who is happy to pile on players. But Dion Hotto, man, why is Dion Hotto playing <laughs> for London Pirates in, like in those moments? I can imagine it's because he's got a massive engine. Dion Hotto feels like he can run. For days and not got tired. That's that's uh, I saw on social media a video. One word to describe players as they as they name them. John Hotte. He says engine. So I think <laughs> yes. that's one of one of the big pluses. And I think also you know what's good about John Hotte, but it's also bad at the same time. His positioning. He always gets to, gets to the uh, the right place at the right time. That yes. might be why he does the ball for frustration because we send our near right, you know. But here's another thing, dog. And I don't know if you noticed this because we said the qual the the, the final was bad quality. Rasmus had a decent game. Yes. He did. He looked like Antonio Griezmann on that field where, yes, he's a striker by, mm. by, by, by definition. But when he was coming in deep, when he was dropping in between spaces and collecting, he was making the, the team play. He was, he was playing as the number 10, essentially. And in the absence of Uundlonro and Masangai not having the kind of impact that he's had in the earlier games, 
Erasmus was 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 the man to give Orlando Pirates some spark, and it seemed as if Sundowns could not get close to him. Mm. Like he was he was ghosting in and out of positions, as I'm saying, and he he was very impressive. I was very impressed of, uh, impressed with Erasmus in the game. Also very impressed with Unda when he came on. Yes, yeah, and it. it's 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 crazy to think about because of the. Is it four centre backs? Yes, with the four centre backs, yeah. uh, the mainline centre backs, Mayela, Kokis, Bis, Nayunda. Nda, I would say, is the best of those four. But since switching away from the back three to two centre backs, Nda was injured. And mm. in, in, in his absence, Kokis and Bis have formed a unbreakable partnership there at the back, which, which as I'm saying, is unlucky for Nda because he actually is the best of those centre backs that Orlando Pirates have mm. and now that he's back from injury it's it's very interesting to me what 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 is the coach going to do about that because you can't keep him on the bench uh if he's not going to be playing for london pirates someone is going to try snap him up but his composure his clearances in, mm. in 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 the box how literally there was tranquility in that orlando pirates uh, back line as soon as he came on he's 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 one of the best the psl have uh so also impressed with him. I'll tell you, Chuck, what my big takeaway was, right? Okay. With Sundowns, let's begin with. The vaunted Sundowns passing game is not what may most people think it is. Because twice now, um, a, a total of 290 minutes, I guess, Orlando Pirates, I've seen Sundowns try to navigate that, 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 that press. No one in the league presses as aggressively as London Pirates. No one in the league is in the face of Mamelodi Sundowns when they're in possession as what Orlando Pirates showed in that final as well as in the PSL game a few weeks ago. And on each of those occasions, Sundowns did not manage to be able to play through that press. Mm -hmm. And for me, the reason that... Hear me out. They play the best football in the country. But to an extent, they're allowed to play like that because the other teams do not press. True. And if you are sitting there and you are just letting Sundowns have the possession and dictate terms, they're going to pass through you and eventually like uh, score the goals. But when the question was asked of them, again, I say like twice in the games on London Pirates, how good is, 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 are, are your passing schemes? It came out wanting. And mm. this goes back... I remember, uh, not last season, uh, maybe three seasons ago now, when Pizzo was still the coach of, of Al-Akhli and, Pir- and, and, and Sundowns were playing in, 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 in Cairo. Those Egyptians, Al-Akhli, pressed Sundowns the entire match. Sundowns were uncomfortable. Mm. Same thing in the, in, in, in the NetBank Cup final where they played against um, Royal AM. Royal AM as well pressed Sundowns that entire match and Sundowns were uncomfortable. And now we've seen it again. So, man, I'd, I'd advise uh, PSL teams to press. Like, mm. but you need you need to do it aggressively, and you need to be consistent with it. And also, you need to know what you're doing. You can't have one guy go and leave gaps because that's going to be exploited. That's the thing. Then I'd say about Pirates that their pressing is is quite amazing. No, they're pressing. It's phenomenal. I, I felt they, they outworked Sundowns the entire evening. Um, Got tired towards yes. the end of the match. Because <laughs> yes, that, that tells on your legs eventually. But mm, mm. They, they controlled what Sundowns, how, how effective Sundowns were with, with, with the ball. And, and that's the other thing with PSL players. Because my frustration was, guys, get clued in. Like, mm. this is not like the other matches that you play. Because Umdiba, who you mentioned, he was, he was careless in, position, in possession because... He was slow with it. Yes. What you need there is okay. You, you've been drilled in terms of like those passing triangles and playing out from the back, and all of that. Now do it at a faster pace because your opponent is not giving you all that much time on the ball. And this is what Sundowns are used to. They've got a lot of time on the ball when they play against other teams, which is why I'm 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 looking at at, at Sundowns. I'm looking at the coaching stuff. Like it's kind of looking a little funny under the light, you know. And it's not yeah. gonna. It's it's not really gonna hurt them because even on the continent, no one. There's no literally pressing. no team on the continent that presses like pirates. You're gonna have trouble against pirates, but you can deal with that if everybody else is gonna play off of you and gonna be playing in a low block. But even in a low block, Kaiser Chiefs troubled Mamelodi Sundowns in a low block. They mm. they weren't really creating all that many chances, and it's concerning for me that 
ah, man, we really thought we had something with Sundowns as like South African fans, but there's a ceiling to how good even even their game is. I mean, when you talk about the pressing, you and I went to watch Sundowns versus Chiefs. Speaking about the game we watched uh, at the back end of last season, and we were looking at, at, at Chiefs and like, you guys are so poor in possession. The only chance you really have is to press Sundowns when the ball back high up in, in their territory rather than in, the, in, that, in that part of the field and try to score from there because you're not going to put together 10, 12 passes and go past Sundowns. And Dupre had so much success that you're thinking to yourself, well, if there was someone else actually helping him to press, then they could success. So I think there's always, um, you can always reap from a press. Um, if not, if it's not getting the ball, it's pushing the team back. I mean, we saw, um, we're going to get into Arsenal, Man City. There were times where Arsenal had to recycle the ball because there wasn't yes. any, any um, joy up front because they were being pressed. So it will give you something if you always do it. But you have to do it, as you say, in a, co- in a coordinated manner and with, with an idea of here's where we're going to trap them or here's the weak link or here's where we're going to win the ball back. Not go full speed everywhere because then you're only just spreading yourselves out. So teams, be wise to that. Um, if anything, Jay, for me, I know it's a moral victory and we had the same moral. I say it's a moral victory because elite, there's a big dis- dis- uh, difference between Paris and Sundowns. We did the same thing in the MTN8. For me, to see that the Kings can bleed, I think, is, is, is a good uh, uh, boost for the rest of us who are chasing. And if people can apply themselves, guy one, guy two, just win. You know, like if Stelis go one up, Stelis hold on. You know, if teams can push Sundowns, for me, I think this is good. They can be cracked. They can be frustrated. It's not going to happen often. But when they are having their bad days, can you have a super performance and, and do it? So I think for, for, for that aspect, the MT8 is a good trophy. It's one of those trophies that when you look back, you're like, ah, fun, totally something. You mm. know, it's, it's one early on in the season where we haven't quite gotten a full read. Take or the full pressure off. Yeah, you don't get a full understanding or, or a full picture of where the team is, but totally something, you know. So I think um, kudos to Pirates. Well done. I'm happy. Um, but wasn't the best wasn't the best game of football. I'm concerned for I Pirates on, on, on the basis that, yes, the Babaza, they press, right? Mm. But then when they had the ball, it was, what are the ideas? What are we trying to do? How are we trying to score goals? And this has been the issue for a few games now. Mm. And that game finished nil-nil. It was going to finish nil-nil. Uh, the reason that Pirates come out as winners is because it's a, it, it's a cup final. They and you must, have a winner. Yeah. And uh, you then go to penalties where China was the second coming of Brian Baloy. <laughs> also, if, I'm, if, I, if I take uh, umbrage with uh, Rolando Mukwena, you remove Tembazwan, you remove oh, Peter Shalulile. Those are your two main penalty takers. And yes, 120 minutes, it's a lot. As you said, Peter was um, was carrying an, an injury, so I, I get that. Mm. But when you consider the fact that the last game that Sundowns played was the, the, the home leg of the CAF preliminary, and they were already 4-0 up uh, mm. going into that, so I, I believe Mshishi didn't even play that match. So you don't have the concerns of previous fatigue and it's about to be the international break. Maybe you can talk to the coach. It's not a qualifier. So you can talk to bros about how he deploys. Umshish. So it's a final. Keep him on there. Like even if he's doing a Lionel Messi and he's walking around when yeah. he's not on the ball so that he can be one of your penalties against because that match looked for all odds that it was going to the penalties. Mm. And I don't know how bad Charlotte's injury was but I saw him running around the entire match. Uh, and as I'm saying, if it was going to be careless based on medical advice to leave him out there, sure, pull him. But if it's a matter of we can take him to his ultimate range in this particular match, keep him on so he can take a penalty. When Zoom was the first one to take a penalty and he was coming off of the bench and didn't Zoom take a penalty, yeah. I wasn't very confident. You know, He didn't, he didn't look it. Yeah. He didn't look confident himself. So... That had they converted, of course, I'll probably be saying like something different, but they didn't, and 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 that's that, that's what happened. And to not just uh, like be negative about Sundowns, I do think they can get to a level where you see the teams in Europe where they are able to play through a press. I, I think it's something that needs to be impressed upon our players, like mm. coming up from development through the different structures, and then at the level where Sundowns are, that you need to play faster. Like you've got the ability, you need to get comfortable playing in, in, in those positions when someone is coming up in your face you need to be able to receive it in the correct body position you need to be able to identify where the next pass needs to go and at a faster pace you know because yeah. you've already proven that you can when you don't have all that much pressure so i think that's the next step because if again if other teams don't play like that against sundowns i'm like what's your scouting department for mm. 
So the other the, the concern that you, I think you're going to still talk about Pirates and, and their concerns. I think goal scoring, obviously, because they didn't have any shots on target. But the fact that... The pass is looking like the passer again. Mabakipo le passer. Levantabafaga in his place, they're not necessarily an upgrade, even if they're fresher, you know. Um, so Would you recall Mabasa in January? Yeah, definitely. If it weakens, swallows fine and also <laughs> if it aids us, yes. Because, you know, sometimes you got to be ruthless, yeah. uh, especially if you're chasing, man. Yeah, when if you're a sundown, you've got the luxury, you're going to like, ah, it's got Shabu Lilem, she will score, Ribeiro's going to score, we're good, you know, whoever we loaned out can stay. I think we need we need as much firepower as we need, as we can get. I mean, I think Lepasa was called back because of that little spell that he had with Supersport. Had he not scored those goals, then you're worried again, how does he come into this campaign and what does he do? From January. <laughs> yeah, Mara, it's two goals. I'm not going to fana. Okay. But he hit the back. I mean, that's why we're all shocked. Like, where did he start? Because it's he's not... never done this in a season mm. and he's already done it. He was already doing it in the first two months. <laughs> and maybe, you know, maybe, I hope I ho- for his sake, mm. I hope not. And that's the challenge for London Pirates. Can you rediscover a, a game plan that puts goals on the board? Like I think we need to find a way, and I think we've got enough personnel to find a way where we can say, okay, we can get the ball to La Paz's feet because I think that's important. Because what you see with what you saw in the final rather is that Erasmus obviously is playing off Ole Passa, but he's happy to drop off and play everywhere and collect the ball everywhere. Whereas Ole Passa, when he's not in position, you're like, dude, we need you there because he doesn't give you as much as Erasmus does. And so if you don't give him the ball as well, he becomes a passenger. You know, it's like that Haaland thing. So, I'll tell you with Beginza and he was slapping our players in the face. <laughs> That's what he was doing. <laughs> play acting. He said that was play acting. So, but I think th- those are major concerns. We need to fix those concerns. And I mean, it's good to have a premier striker, but someone else has to chip in. Someone else has to step up and say, okay, I'm going to score goals. Rasma Saleng, guys, give us some goals. Because apart from that, then it's Nyo Saleng. It can't be losses in all over again. Losses in Beu Saleng. And now that it's not him, it has to be someone else. Now, I think as a team, we need to chip in. Because remember how I said to Nori Biragmozo, but he's scoring goals nonetheless. Whether I, I want to win for more or not, Charlie is scoring goals as well. So you guys are having goals from everywhere. And I think that's good. Masao came on. Let's talk about subs. They didn't really change the game much, right? Because nah. it was bad quality nonetheless. Masao came on, didn't threaten. Kapinga came on, didn't threaten as well. Um, he scored a penalty, which Confidence, I suppose yeah. he'll be happy about that against Sundowns. But it, it did not matter who, who was playing that match. It was, as I say, the... The overall takeaway it was it was not a good quality match, yeah. and it, and as you say, having hyped it up where this is the matchup we're all wanting to see, we saw Paris the way that they started, and Sundowns were still Sundowns. Mm. I mean, won all their games in in the PSL, and then the PSL game happened, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good, and this one just like went to a new level of of bad. If I'm being very honest, so true. Disappointing. The final was disappointing. Congratulations to all on the Pirates. Uh, but as a, as, as a spectacle, that's one we are all going to forget soon. Can I ask you a question? As a Sundown supporter, how bad do you feel about not converting and winning this final? Because, I mean, obviously, Lik in Hamburg, Africa, you've qualified easy and everything is basically going well except for this particular tournament. I mean, oh, we'd like to win everything, you know. Mm. And uh, also, <laughs> I, can't, I can't even say it because we're clearly the better team. Um, we did uh, create the chances, and when I when, when and those chances were not difficult chances. Uh, Shalulia, as we say, was one one on one. I wasn't confident, but it's like you one on one, you know. Shishman, and it's too late to learn something new because that's just what what he is. He, which I'm a snapshot and those quick yes. chances, but when he's running and has to think a lot, it not 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 not, not his 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 greatest the greatest aspect of his game, um, having to be a composed finisher. But I mean. Also, because the MTN eight is the is the one trophy we've won the least amount of times, uh, we won four of these in Paris, I believe, are on six just in the PSL era. Mm. So, would have liked to get another one, and also to get one over Pirates. But Pirates hadn't beaten Sundowns in a in a cup final, I believe, for fifteen years, or I've only done it once out of five tries, which was actually surprising to me that. We haven't seen many cup finals between Sundowns and, and, and Pirates. I believe the last one was in 2007 or 2008, mm. which was strange, you know. But Rolani hasn't won a cup competition. That's three now. Um, we won kind of last season's MTN 8 because it was still part of the three Musketeers. But as Sundowns, 
didn't win the MTN8 last season, didn't win the NetBank, didn't win the Champions League, didn't win now again the MTN8. So maybe it's been greedy because <laughs> it looks like we're going to win the PSL again. Yeah. But it would be nice to win to win, to win, win the cup competitions because there's nothing like a final. You know, once, once you've, you've gotten there, now the questions of big big game players uh, and as as much as we've had the dominance we've had in the PSL era, kids and cheese are still so far ahead in terms of total um, trophies won. And I'd like to get close to them in our lifetime. And winning my MTN8, that does the job. You won't do it just winning the league, just the league every single mm. season. So that's that's the disappointment. I guess it's 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 the battle against history. Columbia Label Cup. We'll see if you guys can do we'll it. We'll see. Uh, for the turn of the year. I hope we get like another cup. Then we'll get three. Calling Black Label Knockout. Knockout, yes. The cup was the one day ahead. No? Yes. The knockout, yes. So, yes, the League Cup is coming back uh, final December 16. Yeah. So, South Africa, man. That's why I've been up <laughs> to when cu- we come back. Two no? cup finals <laughs> before, you, know, you you get into the new year even. That's why I've been up The final was just going to ruin him. Um, Jay, so what was um, last season, at least, um, when the points were being cut cut away by City, Again, that became a final. You guys were hammered in one of Pep's best displays, I, I think, last season. Was that game against Arsenal, that game against Real Madrid. And in the new campaign, Arteta versus Pep, City versus Arsenal. And you come away with the win after a long, long time. Um, Martin Eden start comes on, I think, had a very good impact as a mm. sub. Um, was, was, was worth all, all the admission fee with Martinelli in terms of what he brought on uh, to the pitch. City aside, without Kevin De Bruyne and without Rodri, do you think that was their biggest problem? Or do you think, in terms of the occasion, Arsenal just dealt with it better? I do think City missed their players. Um, and that maybe sounds rich, considering how many players they've bought. And they've got Calvin Phillips, who didn't even come into that game uh, in the position, but like mm. Nunes, uh, he came into that game. And when you think about City, you think about their depth. So you are considerate of the fact that they won't miss players if their players are not available for whatever reason, to brain his injury and Rodri's suspension. Mm. But I put on social media that when you pull maybe a guy who is in the EPL all-time 11 and then another guy who is the best in his position in the world from the same midfield, you don't just replace those guys. You don't you don't just plug anyone from the squad and go play and you have the same kind of impact. There was there was a run, uh one 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 uh, one of the clearer chances that Manchester City had where you had Alvarez running in midfield, had some space, he he runs in midfield and he gives the through pass to the player coming in on on, on the left and that creates a chance. That looked like Kevin De Bruyne. That's what Kevin De Bruyne gives you. It's 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 not simply the fact that Alvarez has been able to give the the assist that um, De Bruyne gives in in matches, but he's not quite Kevin De Bruyne. And when you consider the nature of the display that Haaland put put forward, mm. where all he was doing the, in- the entirety of that game, he was dropping deep to try to try win uh, balls from 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 Edison. And that's something that he did in 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 the game at the Etihad. But then what he had at the Etihad, he had Kevin De Bruyne running off of him. Yep. You saw the mm. the goal that he mm. scored. The other thing Chuck is he he had a 0.00 xG in that game. He had n- no chances to score. And we've criticized him before that when he's not scoring goals, he doesn't look all 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 that great. But the thing is, he's great Impact on games, great talent is scoring goals. And to score goals, you need people to facilitate to facilitate you scoring goals. Yes, Alvarez has given that in, in, in the games that De Bruyne has been missing. But in those high leverage moments where you do not get the luxury and the space to be able to do what Alvarez has been doing. The other thing that Kevin De Bruyne gave Holland, those crosses into the box. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's going to go to the right and... Maybe the best delivery we've ever seen. Maybe the best we've seen since David Beckham. Haaland at the end of that equals goal equals goals. He doesn't have to have like a great game on the ball in the rest of the game. He just needs to be there to finish the chances that someone of De Bruyne's talent is able to put into the box. So I do think they missed um, those midfielders. 
Arsenal had a phenomenal defensive performance. Mm. That game on both sides, uh, not many chances. Much like the game between Pirates and Sundowns, yeah. not many chances created, uh, and ultimately the winning goal is a deflected shot. Uh, and it felt as if Arsenal needed that luck. <sighs> Twelve losses in a row, <laughs> like having won, haven't haven't won against City since twenty fifteen. That was a big win. That was a big win for for Arsenal. It was a big win when you consider the fact that you guys are now part of the main chasing pack. Obviously, it was you last season, and uh, Liverpool seemed to be joining you last season, but before then, it was just them. And you have to beat City if you're one of the people who want to lift the title. And so having done that, I think that speaks volumes. Um, and I think City said we're third now, or fourth in the log. They're third. They're third. So, I mean, that that that, that um, boosts anyone's confidence in terms of we beat them, we're ahead of them now. Um, but you know what I like about watching those two sides? You can tell both sides are well coached. You can tell my player well, because there's no Saka, there's no Martinelli, or there's no Kevin De Bruyne, there's no uh, Rodri. But sides are well coached. I mean, as much as Kovacic was getting himself into trouble with Should all of those sent off, I, th- I think the first one was eligible for a red card. And if yes. you don't send him off, then and he makes another rash one minutes later. You do send him off. I think for me that was blatant. That was clear. But I mean. What I liked is the fact that City understood, okay, we don't quite have the ball right now. We're not in rhythm, especially in the first half. And they held their shape very well. It was hard for, for Arsenal to break them down. And then in the second half, things swung in their favour and then they're playing. But I felt they needed something more than just folding. A little bit more in terms of a bit of magic, a bit of creativity. Bernardo Silva was not, a, was not at, at, at the races in terms of that particular uh, 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 aspect of his game. And he tends to give you that in those moments. Yeah, as, yeah. When when in at City, when when Kevin De Bruyne is not giving magic, it's Bernardo Silva. It's, it's almost like that. If not, then then it's a Grealish marriage or Foden somewhere. But it was not a day for magic. Um, it was a day mm. of tactical discipline, a day of, of of a good passing game, but also good pressing. Um, City are still elite at pressing. Um, and I think as long as you do the, they, you have that, the defensive work is it doesn't get spoken about much because mm. they have so much of the ball, but like. On that side of the ball as well, Pep is is also elite in terms of coaching up how to keep goals out. If you don't have yeah. the ball, how to stifle the other team, how to try go win it high mm. or with the mid-block or how to keep them out of your own box if they do break the lines and get into the final third. I think the games like the game that we saw yesterday are a reminder of where these teams are because as a, yeah, Arsenal didn't win anything last season and they got knocked out, yet, whatever you want to say and speak about. But when I look at my team, I look at my team and I'm like, after international break, City's coming. Like, Dala, we are going to cop five because we don't have that <laughs> that structure, <laughs> that understanding. <laughs> and Johnny Evans and the like, and Dominic. We don't have that that idea of, oh, here's what the game looks like. Here's what I need to do. Every, every, well, even when, we are pre- when we're pressing, you can tell, ah, Rashford's not really interested. Bruno's gone by himself. Okay, when defense, Amrabat is out of position. And you're like, guys, when do you guys read the game and you all understand it in unison? There are no triggers and stuff like that. But going back to the game, the highlight of those things where things are not going well, but what the coach told us to do, we can do, and that we understand. I think that shows a high level of, 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 of football knowledge and football, football understanding, football coaching, rather, if I were to give a credit to the, the managers. So I think that, for me, is a mirror image of what the managers are capable of doing and what when where the teams are cur- cur- currently are. Spurs, yeah, they're well coached, but they're more erratic. Um, I feel if Arsenal, maybe they don't go score five. Arsenal is to go to Luton, people who, who struggle to score goals, even if they're playing at home. You wrap that up fairly easily. You don't get Basuma get sent off and then that one odd goal that you get there. They're still in the process. But I think in terms of uh, managers' ideas and then being translated and implemented, City, Arsenal, maybe you can add Liverpool, but they've got new personnel. They're far ahead in terms of what they're doing compared to what the other teams are doing. So, well, a tough game. Um, now this is loss number three on the bounce for City. Yes, we include Carabao. They haven't lost back-to-back games in the league in five years. Wow. Five years. That shows, yeah, as a result. This, this, team, this team has been practicing agriculture hard in this league. Eh? And that is why when, when Liverpool get, get the, the, the cup, they have to go to astronomical figures to win because you're not going to take six points from them. Nope. Six nil returns. And you know they're going to bite back at some point. Like, they don't look very good right now. Mm. And perhaps there still is the hangover of the treble. But there's nothing. And they started off with a 100% um, win record in the league. But maybe actually this is what gets them going mm. and what gets them refocused that, oh, we we losing. And now there's a little shine that's been taken away from them. And now you can challenge those players again if you're Pep Guardiola. Like, mm. are you are you satisfied? Uh, because if, if, if you are, maybe you want to get out the door. Or are you hearing the noise about 
maybe you're not as good as you were. Uh, mm. Maybe you 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 got fed, you got full, and you're satisfied. Is that the case? And the great ones are, are, who are dominant, they always find things to motivate them, find a chip to put on their shoulder so they can address that. And maybe this is what happens uh, with Manchester City. I think a final word on, on, on Arsenal. One of the other things was that performance was mature. I've been on here telling you that they're childish mm. in some of their performances. They, they weren't given the opportunity to express themselves, uh, but they, were, they put on a very mature display. I want to say if Thomas Partey is healthy, mm. I don't want to see any other midfield other than Partey and Rice. Because we've not, you know. we've not replaced um, Granit Xhaka in that left center mid position in terms of he was uh, adding numbers forward and then also being able to come back. It's very clear that Havertz is not quite that. It's very clear that Vieira is not quite that. Let's revert then to Rice and Partey because I think the box of him, of those two, and then the center backs of Saliba and, and, and Gabriel, that is a strong core. Like trying to run through that, you're going to have a hard time. Mm. And the other thing is Partey is more comfortable on the ball than, than Rice. And I, 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 I think he gives us more control and advancing the ball out of defensive positions. So we do that. I'm, I'm feeling good about this Arsenal team. Feeling good about the team. Any concerns in terms of goals? Because Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus had a decent game, dropping off, playing um, deeper, play, playing other people, people into the game. But he's not a proven goal scorer. Do you think with what you have, obviously when everyone's fit, you've got a Saka and a Martinelli to add to that. There's still a to come off the bench. Are you happy Arsenal with the need a goal scorer. And uh, now I know that Arteta also thinks that because the last two games, he's played Jesus on the left mm. and, uh, and then he's played Jesus on the right. If that's your best striker, he doesn't play through the middle. Do you not try um, put someone else in those positions of, of, of like the winger positions? Because maybe not in Ketia, right? Mm. But if he's that, can you, ever ima can you imagine a situation whereby Manchester United um, were lacking players and so Alex Ferguson asked Ruth Van Roy to go fill in on, on, on one of the wings mm. or mm. in or Alan Shearer or Thierry Henry is different. He probably he could do that. But your main striker who whose best position is a striker and he scores goals, you are never pulling him from that position. You are finding other means mm. to plug those holes. But the fact that Arte, yes, like Jesus is 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 versatile in that he can he can put in a shift in those positions. But the fact that he can be shifted out to those positions tells me that the manager doesn't feel as if he's losing out all that much, not playing him as a number nine, mm -hmm. but playing someone else in that position and having him somewhere else on the field. So that, to me, says Ateta knows it. I feel like that as well. And I think most of the fan base feels the same way, that you need someone who's going to give you 30 goals. All right. Um, I think... It makes the race in, in exciting, um, makes the EPL even more interesting, the fact that the results that have come in the weekend don't favour City, but favour the chasing pack. Um, obviously not City, I mean, obviously not Chelsea, not United, we're still trying to figure our lives out. Um, but, I mean, going into Christmas, it makes it very interesting. Do you think Tottenham stays? Because we had them dropping out, but they won I think they'll finish in the top four. I, top don't four. I don't think come February, March, mm. they'll be realistically, in the title chase. Liverpool, they're scoring, but they're conceding as well. Do, do, do they have problems that they need to address, or is it just a matter of they played Brighton and you accept that? It's a bit of both. Um, I mean, they, they they lost against... Who did they lose against recently? Where the unbeaten streak came to an end. Uh, they were away... Ah, it's not coming to me now. But Brighton, we know they will trouble everyone uh, they will also uh, offer up chances to be scored against but brighton are one of the better teams in this league so i'm not they just lost to spurs yes they lost to spurs yeah. so i'm not looking at at liverpool if they were blown away like 6-2 then maybe i'm a little more concerned they definitely not the the liverpool of vintage when it, it, they were winning the league at a canter uh but i think klopp being the main ingredient, still being there. And these players, um, some of them like Nunes and, and um, Diaz, having been in the fold for, for more than a season now, mm. they, they know what is expected of them. And I think they get better as the season, as, as the season goes. Virgil van Dijk is concerning. You know, mm. I, don't, I don't know if he recovers his best centre-back in the world form again. But he's good enough 
to 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 do something and they've got the best keeper in the world to offset some of some, some of those problems in defense so i think i think city arsenal and liverpool will probably end up being the three teams going for the title yeah, I'm United fan, and I can't bring like a reasonable <laughs> argument to 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 dispel that. But we'll see if Newcastle are able to deal with Champions League and games on the weekend consistently. Yeah, we'll see. All right, Chuck, that was the episode for this particular week, and we urge our listeners to continue following us and engaging with us. You can listen to the audio podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as on the City of Johannesburg's online radio station, Joburg Pulse, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. And we are coming back to YouTube very soon, so do find us on YouTube. It is too upfront. Follow, like, subscribe. And then if you want to engage with us, you can do so on X and on Instagram. It's at 2UpfrontPod. I am at J underscore Mzulu on both platforms. And Chuck on X is at Chuck2Up. From myself, Jay, I'm Audi. All right, guys, engage with us on those platforms. Hit us up and also follow on those channels. Uh, three victories. It was the Proches. It was Pirates in the final and Arsenal versus City. Do you think the protests can continue from where they started? Um, from where they started, obviously not scoring 400, but do you think the, the batsmen fire us uh, to victory in the next game against Australia, MTN8? What do you make of the final? Does this prove that Pirates are closer to Sundowns than last season, or do you still look back at the league table? And then Arsenal versus City, are the powers of the, gr- of the current champions waning, or is this another setup to catch us and we want to see an incredible run turn of the year? Let's see what things look like. This is Chuck, and I'm out. Thank you.